This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Nathan here, a quick message to say you can start collecting world-class players and more in Top's Kick, the official digital collectibles app of the UEFA Champions League. Now, if you're like me and you're into Champions League football, start collecting and trading your favourite players from across the tournament with fans around the world. You know, build a squad of top players including Mo Salah, Harry Kane, Phil Foden, Virgil van Dijk, Erling Haaland, the list goes on, and compete with those players in real-time scoring contests. The app has new packs available every week featuring brand new cards, original artwork, classic tops card designs, and the key mission will be completing sets to earn awards and combine your common cards. I'm starting to get the hang of that now, guys. Combine your common cards, level up your collection. Tops Kick 23 is available worldwide, and the app is free to download in the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red. A Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Croissant. Thank you for joining us today on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. It was a weekend that saw Wrexham fire blanks in a ball draw this weekend. They'll need to shoot their shot if they are to have any chance of reclaiming top spot. I'm Rich Fay, and on today's episode, we'll look back at the Worldstone match, Will Ferrell's Wrexham wish, and look ahead to this weekend's clash with Aldershot. As always, I'm joined by my strike partner, Nathan Salt. How are you doing, mate? Um, I'm all right. Strike partner, that's probably the nicest thing you've ever said about me. I'm probably the... What am I? I'm not, not the hold-up guy, for sure. I'm more of the... Am I even quick enough to run in behind? I don't know. I don't know what I'd I am. I'd say you're probably... the Luke Young. You do the dirty work and maybe don't yeah. get the credit you deserve. Maybe, maybe. You did give me some credit on Twitter the other day. It was very nice of you, actually, uh, about the, the, the frantic post-Scunthorpe edit. That was that was as horrendous as it as you made it sound. Um, but we did it, and lots of lovely people listened to it. So I'm rich. You know what? I, I, I do love coming on with you every single week, but you know what I like more than you this week? A certain Mr. Big Ellis, and I'll tell you why I like Mr. Big Ellis, is because he left us a lovely review about the podcast. I'm going to read you, uh, so we've had the Malicious Penguin, if, you, if you're a regular listener you'll know Malicious Penguin was one of the reviewers and gave us a very nice review. Well, Mr. Big Ellis says, in my opinion, the best Wrexham AFC podcast there is, keep up the good work. So this week in my rankings of people I like, Mr. Big Ellis, and, and you are a close, a close second. Let's hope we don't let him down then. But I think that is a good way for us to plug. If you don't follow us on the socials, Rob Ryan Red on basically all social media. And if you haven't given us a review yet, please do. That is the easiest way to help give something back to the podcast. So, Nath, where do we start then? Wheelston at the weekend. I was going to say you had the pleasure of being there. I was contemplating <laughs> going down myself. I was down in London on Sunday myself to cover United against Fulham. I didn't make the trip. You did. Did I miss much? Um, you did not miss much. Well, I, well, first thing I need to point out is that I was bowled over for about a good 30 minutes that I needed sunglasses um, for a game in November, which was absolutely bonkers. I don't know if anybody saw 
the reel I put out on Instagram or, or any of the pictures, the sun was just so low and it was blinding everyone in the away end. So most of us had arm ache by the time half time came because we were just shielding our eyes. Um, you didn't miss a lot, to be honest. It was, I don't want to say it was classic Wrexham away. It was just very, it was a strange game. You know, no Aaron Hayden in the lineup. I think that caught everyone on the hop a bit. Bryce Susanna didn't play either. So we ended up shifting Jordan Tonnikov to right centre-back. Tom O'Connor went in there at left centre-back. I was a bit disappointed for Max. I thought he could have come on, but clearly he's not not in favour at the minute for, for whatever reason. Um, and a positive, Rich, I would say, given that the cha- the chopping and changing at the back, a clean sheet. But really, it was a game where Mark Howard didn't have to make much of a save and, and we we simply didn't really... Apart from one or two moments, we didn't really lay a glove on on Wildstone. And, uh, yeah, I think we could have been playing. I mean, the lad who was behind me, who uh, was with a friend of mine, he was watching Wrexham as a neutral. He'd come for the first time. He'd heard about all the goals we'd been scoring. And he, as he was walking out, said that he thought we could play for another three days and we wouldn't have scored. So it's just one of them, one of them days. I guess that is the the way you've got to look at it, isn't it? That hopefully, again, that we get the results in the games ahead and it is just seen as an off day. I know fans are going to be disappointed, particularly the fact that we only got to boast about being top of the league for a few days. Obviously, Notts County did win, so we're, we're back down to second at the moment. In terms of the lineup, then, Naif, uh, when that came through, I was confused. I was perplexed by it. McAlinden in uh, wing-back, and we had Tom O'Connor playing centre-back Max Clowerth was an unused sub on the bench. Those decisions just, yeah, like I said, they baffled me. I didn't understand that, to be honest. Particularly Max not being involved either way, didn't come off the bench. But I suppose if we weren't under pressure, would you would you change your defence? And is that just be me being picky? Because, like I said, I wasn't happy with the defensive lineup. But it sounds like we didn't really have any defence to do anyway. Very little. Def- I thought Tom O'Connor. You know, you've got to give him credit. I thought he played. He played well. He, he dealt with what he needed to deal with. Um, the, the biggest frustration defensively was without Hayden, we still had Palmer in there. We still had Tonicliffe in there. You know, McAlinden's not. Um, he's not a short. He's not a short king like me. Um, so we still. You know, he still had height, but we just didn't have anyone who looked like they were able to attack the ball. Um, Frustrate. The most frustrating thing was after about an hour, Wheelstone looked like they were accepting of the fact it was going to finish nil nil, um, like a lot of the crowd were. And you know, I was tweeting out that I really wanted Jordan Davis to come on earlier. You know, sh- shake it up. And I know last season at Wheelstone we switched to the back four. I know we were behind at that point, but we switched to a back four, and we end up we end up going on and winning the game in that dramatic fashion. We saw Johnson with the with the late winner, but. Yeah, I think Parky just was able to see the bigger picture and, and was looking at it saying a point on the road is not a disaster in a week where, I have to say, Richie, you looked at a lot of those players. I don't want to single anyone out because I don't think anyone particularly played well. thought our best player was probably Sam Dolby off the bench. But almost all of the starters looked tired. It looked like It looked like a week in which we'd beaten Oldham in the FA Cup and then we'd beaten Scunthorpe to go top of the league. It looked like the week had caught up with them because I know they didn't train on Thursday. They ended up travelling down on Friday. Yeah, I'm I'm not trying to make too many excuses, but it looked like they were they were shattered. And the fact we haven't got many midweek games now through until mid December, I think, is a blessing. I agree with that. I hadn't really thought about it too much to be honest when, until you said that there. But yeah, the last week was so exhausting because we had the Oldham game, then the Scunthorpe game, two great wins. The euphoria there, you go into a, a cup draw that's done at the Kairas and, you know, there's a realistic chance that we might get to the, the third round and then you can dream of, of getting anyone. And of course, that Scunthorpe win, which I know we, as Wrexham fans, got a lot of stick on social media for saying it was a big win because Wrexham don't tend to deliver when they're away from home. But we went top. Again, that's emotion and that's the mentality as well. They, they, there's been a lot of exertion over the last week and yeah, it did just seem to take its toll. And I suppose then there's no excuse not to, to go ahead and win this weekend, which we'll get onto towards the end of the podcast. But Nath, I suppose it's hard to divulge too much because we do hope it is just a one-off. And like we said, time will tell whether or not that is the case. But away from, I'm not saying it's a myth, but there is this perception that we're not 
as good away from home as we are at home. And that is factually correct this season. You know, if you look at the table, we are number one in terms of home form in the National League this season. 27 points from 27 game, uh, from 27 available. <laughs> that wouldn't be very good. Um, no, 35 no. goals scored, nine conceded. So we've taken maximum points at home and have a plus 26 goal difference. There you go. Quick maths, quick maths. Away from home, we have 16 points from a possible 30. So is that 54, 55% or so? I don't know. And then we have got a goal difference of plus six. We've scored 15, conceded nine. So we've conceded as many away from home as we have at home. So the defence is equally as good. Yeah. But it's the goal scored. We've scored 20 more goals in one less game at home than we have away from home. And that includes a 5-0 thumping of Dorking. So if you take away the Dorking win, that's 10 goals in nine games away from home. Uh, You know, so we just haven't been the same side. But, you know, we are still fifth in terms of the overall form table away from home in the National League this season. We always said if we win all, at least most of our games at home this season and pick up a fair few points away from home, then we'll be fine. And... Yes, it's it's easy to maybe be doom and gloom, but we're second, a point off top, and we've still got to play Notts and Chesterfield at home. Who, who's above us in the in the away form table, mate? Notts County atop, 21 points from a possible 30. Second yeah. is Boreham Wood with 18 points. They've only played nine games away from home. Third is Woking. They've taken 17 points out of a possible 30. And just above us is Chesterfield, who have also taken 16 points, but they've only played nine away from home, opposed to our 10. Well, I would say that we, we between us, we've done almost every single away game, haven't we, this season, by the odd one or two. We didn't get to a couple, but we've seen a good chunk of the away performances. And How, how many how many aberrations have there been, really? You know, you think, think the teams we've played away from home, we've said it before, Chesterfield, I, I don't see a performance being worse than that this season. I hope to God not. But, I, I mean, that was really poor. I went to old um, to Yeovil the week before that. And that was, the, that was the one, wasn't it, where it was scorching hot and I think I turned into a lobster and poor James Kelly next to me was watching me get pinker and pinker as the match went on. And, and they scored what will undoubtedly be Yeovil's goal of the season. And, and you know, by the end, we, we were kind of clinging on, but you've seen other teams go there. Chesterfield and and they also struggled down at Yeovil. Um, the other games, as you say, Dorking, we made that look a really good result, and then Notts County go down and, and lose at Dorking. Remind me of some of the other ones. Then what else we got away from home? Borehamwood, I did recently. You know that's a tough place to go away from home. Could have won that one. Um, who else? Woking. I mean, look at Woking now, Rich. We went there that on the TV. Like an incredible win. You know, and, and that was Aaron Hayden scoring twice with his head. Ollie Palmer broke his kind of mini drought I guess and, and, and got off the mark that was a really good win and, and they ended up you know they were down to 10 men Woking when Lofthouse got sent off for that challenge on Luke Young who else Dorking we played at the South End you know we missed that one but I think we kind of got away with one Jake Hyde scored of course he did against us and and that was chalked off um, and that was a nil-nil but you look at South End now they're one of the form teams in the division just see Knotts go there and they drew at South End so that's a very tough place to go even with all, quickly on South End, Rich, been really pleasing to see this week the amount of Wrexham fans that have donated to South End's, I think it's Supporters Trust. I don't know the exact, the Shrimpers Trust or something like that. Forgive me if that's wrong. Um, but they, they made special light of the fact that a lot of Wrexham fans have donated. You know, they're in dire straits at the minute, that club off the pitch. Um, so it's even more remarkable on the pitch what they're able to do. And, you know, I think you might have said at the beginning of the season, you were one of those people that said they were a dark horse. And I think, yeah, I think they'll be. Somehow, with Callum Powell leading the line, they're uh, they're they're in the playoff hunt, and then the other ones, Alderman, Alderman, not you did, and you know that that was a a kind of mix of games where we win at Oldham, could have got something from Notts, you know. I think yeah, it was a weird. It's one where you know, Oldham game was a game we probably shouldn't have won, but we did, and Notts was a yeah. game where we should have got something from it, but didn't. I think a draw would yeah. be a fair result, but you know, if you are playing that game, then we gain a point at Notts, but then lose two at Oldham, really. So. You know, these things balance themselves out over the course of the season, really. And, you know, the table is the, the truest reflection of how teams are, are doing. And that's why I'm obviously disappointed we drew 
at the weekend and I have been disappointed, particularly when you go away from home and there's more excitement, isn't there? It's, it is going somewhere new. Okay, maybe not new for us, considering how long yeah. we've been down here, but it is always a bit more disappointing, I think, when there's a really bad performance away from home, when, when you feel that you should be getting one, particularly if you've driven, you know, travelled all the way from North Wales and all across the country as well. And again, for you, the element is you tend to only see us really in London on these away trips. So yeah, you don't yeah. get to see us as often. And it's, it, it was good so last season. It was good last season because we were great on the road last season. And we had older shot who were playing this weekend away and Ponticelli well, scored that great goal, you know. You know, it's it has almost been the, the role reversal in that case because this time last season we were saying oh, all the home games are the same, we're scraping by and yeah, why are we so yeah. good away from home? Because my mum only watches us at home and last season she was just watching one nils, nil yeah. nils and it was really crap and I was going to these away games and seeing us, you know, turn on the style. So it, it will even out and I would say I would much rather be formidable at home and then pick up a few points on the road than it being the other way around. I, I do well, think say, that we well, need to have the fortress, Kairos mentality, which we've yeah. got, and that is the backbone of any successful promotion bid. So it is disappointing, but I think there's already been so much mitigation, and for us to already be, to still be second in a point off top, I am still really happy. We've played a lot of tough, tough away games. You look at that, Woking, Southend, Knotts, Well, Nate, Nate, if you look at the table now, we've played first away from home, third away from home, fourth away from home, and fifth away from home. Yeah, you, so there you go then. They've all got to come to the Kairas. And if we yeah. beat all of them, or at least win you know, three of that, those four games, then you have got a cushion, and you're also taking points off the teams around you. So that's why I'm just saying, and you know, it could come back to bite me, but don't worry so much at the moment, because there's so much to be left to play, as we say every week. That should be on a bloody like, bingo card, shouldn't it? Get there that on the so, bingo card. There are so many games left to play, and most of the tough ones... Are at home, so I'd love Rich. I'd love it. I'd love a Rob Ryan red bingo card because for us, it's probably not clear what you know our kind of what what we say and and, and maybe phrases. phrases. Yeah, what are phrases that we naturally lean on every single week? So if anyone's got time to kill and they wanna they wanna come up with a Rob Ryan red bingo card, uh, I would very much love to see that. I'm not I'm not imploring anyone to do that, but if they want to, um, that would be very fun. And tweeters at Rob Ryan Red or instagram or anything any of that good stuff um but as well rich just, just on kind of away form i mean you look at it four of our next six games are at home so we've got older shot this weekend then we've got farnborough in the fa cup second round then you've got york city away you've got eastley away and then you have who else do we have then we have chesterfield at home midweek and then it's a bit of a break from the league and then boxing day we play solihull at home so pretty much through until christmas You've got a tricky, tricky road up at York, and then Eastley. That'd be kind of starting to play the teams we've already played. Now to play in East on the opening day, it's uh, you know it's a good time to have a lot of flurry home games, especially around Christmas when I know for people, you know, there's a, a lot of people have kind of getting Christmas presents and trying to get hold of tickets and stuff, and yeah, lots of chances at home. Nath, it's not just been a busy week for Wrexham on the pitch, it's been a busy week for the owners away from it as well. Before we get on to the award-winning Robin Ryan, let's start with the award-winning Robin Ryan. Uh, welcome to Wrexham, won the Best Sports Documentary at the Critics' Choice Awards, up against some really good competition there as well. Yeah, fantastic. Have you been re-watching any of it? Because I keep on having urges to go back and re-watch it, but... To be truth be told, I've only watched it once so far. I just really enjoyed it from that lasting memory. But uh, yeah, I mean, well done. Well done to everyone involved in that. I thought that obviously the community came across really well. The players came across really well. Parky came across well. The owners came across well. All of North Wales, all of Wales came across well. And yeah, it's just a fantastic documentary. And it's good to see that it's not just Wrexham fans who think that. Uh, It's been an overwhelming success. You, even, even the biggest cynic of documentary and you know turning sports into content even even the biggest cynic would would be hard pressed to to play the success of it down you know it has put Wrexham into a you know into a whole new stratosphere people that never would have discovered Wrexham before and you know you should never say never but they just people these people would not have 
all these international fans would never have come across Wrexham and would not have understood. And even if they had come across them as a team, you know, you see these stories about a group of, uh, there was a great one recently about a group of Norwegian guys that did they follow Kevin Druids or something, something like that. There were all these kind of stories about football manager and X, Y, Z, but what the documentary did was make people fall in love with the people of Wrexham rather than just the team. You know, I think, uh, I think they lent a lot more on the community and, I was really chuffed to see people who were in it, you know, Annette, Simon and a few others and, and Michael Hett we had on Scoop and, you know, they they were just very authentic and true to themselves and, and Wayne, you know, Wayne is seeing people come from all over the world just to meet him and, and have a picture with him and and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's been a an incredible success and, you know, to beat other documentaries like McEnroe and the Redeem team for any any basketball fans. It, it's it's a lot, it says a lot. And uh, I guess the question is now, is, is is Wrexham going to sneak its way into Deadpool 3 in any kind of like little it's Easter egg? Is it going to... Fa- what, 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 do you re- what do you reckon? Is he going to... Deadpool in a, in a Wrexham hat, the Ryan's trusted hat, that might be a bit much, but... I think a little you, crest I think, in the background, or I think you'll get a crest in the background, maybe a, like an up the town or something written on the wall somewhere, maybe some sort of reference. Do you reckon that any cameo makes it though? Paul Do you reckon Rob, Rob Paul Mullen makes it? Maybe. I think there must be some sort of discussions. I think he's going to see how much he can get away with, but I would be stunned if Wrexham aren't featured in some degree in Deadpool three. You know, I think there will definitely be some tie-in, and especially even maybe a promo for the movie. There'll be some sort of tie-in there's going to be a way to link it all together. And I suppose another aspect, Nath, that, that you said there is, of course, the owners were the gateway. They're the pathway into Welcome yeah, to Wrexham. Sure. You, you come for them, you stay for everything else. And, you know, people fell in love with the community. They fell in love maybe with Wales as a place because to lots of our audience, they might just not have been aware of what makes Wales so different and why we're so proud to be Welsh and known as being Welsh. And that brings on the next part doesn't it because rob and ryan were presented with a dioch idraig award from the people of wales really for their services to the nation and promoting welsh culture on a global stage that was uh, an award given to them in sort of collaboration between s4c the iv and the faw and yeah i guess in a week that the prince of wales has been waving off the england national team to the world cup it should have been rob and ryan who were there giving Wales their send-off to Qatar because they have done so much more for the country than a lot of people who are linked with titles. Ryan and I would like to thank the Welsh Government, the Football Association of Wales, S4C, Urth, and all of our friends in Wales for tonight's honour. We accept this with the full recognition that this last two years have been the real honour. You know, Rob and I are first and foremost, we're storytellers, and we are so humbled by the fact the people of Wrexham and the nation of Wales have entrusted us to tell your story. Do you want, do you want to try some Welsh, Ryan, before the... Uh, yeah. How about... Cymru am Bith. Oh, Richard, you heard just there uh, in the speech. I thought I would play Rob's speech there because it was, you know, you shared it and, yeah, it was a great speech between them, um, you know, going up, up the town forever and, and all that sort of good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think they have they must have been, in a way, surprised at the buy-in that people have given them. You know, the, he, this adoration that, of course, they get through Always Sunny and Deadpool and that you know that is their life their livelihood they they entertain people for years and years across sitcoms and movies but this must feel different this must feel more of a responsibility and the stakes are higher that's not to say i'm not trying to downplay their work in acting or, or tv but the stakes are massive you know if they can deliver this promotion and you know can chart the rise in, in a documentary for the whole world to see it, it, it might be the best thing they ever do. It, it, may, it may well be the best thing they've ever done. And to think it started in a pandemic, watching Sunderland till I die. So it's uh, it's um, 
it's quite amazing. It really, it really is. Yeah, and bring it on, bring on the future. And like you said there, that once you get that one promotion, it opens up so many extra avenues as well for commercial gain. I was just thinking, do you reckon, do you reckon people fell in love with us or not? I know you said about people falling in love with the community. Do you think anybody fell in love with us or are we just kind of a byproduct of the documentary? I don't know. Surely some I, people fell in love with us. I think that's a very audacious claim, to be honest. <laughs> Somebody will have done. Somebody will have people, fallen in love with I the think podcast. People will be tuning, turning off in their droves at the mention of us, asking <laughs> if people have fallen in love with them. But we do appreciate Maybe. everyone who has who has helped us with the podcast. If you listen to it, yeah. if you follow us on social media, again, this is another chance for us to plug. If you haven't left a review already, please do. And if you know someone who likes Wrexham, who doesn't maybe listen to podcasts, doesn't listen to this podcast, point them in this direction and please just yeah spread the word if you can. That is the best way to give back to the podcast. Nath, the demand for Wrexham isn't just stateside. Uh, lots of supporters scrambling to get tickets as well this week. The Chesterfield game already sold out. That is just under a month away. The Farnborough match as well in the FA Cup second round, which will be shown on S4C in the UK. But yeah, people still want to be there. And that is unheard of for a early round of the FA Cup. Maybe not second round, but against Farnborough, it's, it's massive. It, it's, I mean, it's slightly perplexed by the kickoff time there. And I did reach out to ESPN uh, as of yet, no reply, but do keep an eye on the socials if I get any word that ESPN are picking it up. I would imagine that that already would have been detailed, um, you know, 10 days out, but who knows? I, I, I would be very surprised, actually, if I'd love to know the reasons why ESPN wouldn't pick it up. Just, just it seems an easy win, and I don't know what else is on on that date. Um, I know college football's big on, on Saturdays. I'm not sure whether that's still in. I think it is. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to look a bit of an idiot there. Um, but, yeah, farm, Rich, the demand for tickets is mental. It's at the point now where if you're not a season ticket holder, th- there's almost no way tickets ever make it to general sale, given how many members there are. And, yeah, it's it's amazing, really. It's, uh, it's quite incredible. And I know you put a tweet out about Will Ferrell is hoping to, to land a seat to the race court. Where's he going to end up sitting? Is there going to be any seats left for this man? I don't know. I'm going to have to put out a... a he's going to have to go on Twitter, isn't he? He's going to have to go on Wrexham Spares and see if he Maybe can get... Maybe he's in Spares. But yeah, if you've not seen this, we've put it on our Twitter. Will Ferrell, in an interview this week, said, I do I do want to attend a Wrexham match, he alludes to, at the, at the race course. Obviously, he's already seen us at Wembley, as you've seen in the dock. He says, I talked to Ryan about that. He said, he'll give me not great seats, but some seats. So I look forward to heading out there. And of course, there are rumours and speculation that Wrexham could end up playing, you know, LAFC or at least an MLS team next summer uh, as part of a pre-season schedule. That's certainly something that appeals to the owners as well and appeals to the whole brand of Wrexham really now as we look to grow stateside. It appeals well. so- to me. It appeals to me. I know that much. We've got to find a way to get Rob Ryan Red on tour if we end up. Rob Ryan Red down Hollywood Boulevard or something? I don't know. We've got to find a way to make it happen if, if it comes off. If we get out to Philadelphia or LA or wherever, unless you're out swanning around in uh, in Australia or wherever Man United are sent, mate. Well, Man United are rumoured to be touring in America next summer as well. So Are they? There who, you go. Who knows how that one might work out for myself. Fingers crossed we can manage to see both of them in action. But uh, yeah, incredible unprecedented demand for Wrexham. And I guess, again, that ties into what we said on last week's podcast about the the COP development and, and the week before that as well. And, you know, there is so much um, excitement, so much demand for Wrexham. And hopefully once we've got the COP sorted and, you know, work is at the very early stages of getting that done, that would be a, a huge advantage and opens up again to having so many more people in the ground. And, and again, just being accessible, Nath, because there are lots of people out there who just can't afford a season ticket, who can't go yeah. to every game, who can't make that commitment. Maybe they work weekends. They only get the odd match to, to try and watch the club. So it's a real shame that we are the hottest ticket in town, but a lot of people still can't access that. And it's not as easy as saying, we'll buy a season ticket or do this or that. You know, it's just they can't sort of meet the demand. The supply doesn't meet the yeah. demand in terms of tickets. Yeah, yeah. It is a real shame. 
but at how least many they're... rich how many how many are gonna how many in your opinion do you think move and where do they move from when that cop end is built the people a lot of people vacate the tech end behind the goal do they i'm just trying to envision that full stadium with four stands where the away fans end up being housed are they are they still going to be in that same position do they end up getting part of the tech end do people stick in the tech end with a you know or do they move to the cop i'm i'm I'd love to know. You can email us robryanred at gmail.com and you can let us know. But I'd love to know if you are planning on moving to the COP if and when it it, it it opens up. I know it's kind of rail seating, safe standing. I would imagine there's not going to be much sitting in there. I would imagine a lot of people in there are standing. Um, but I just, I'm just i very interested to know what people's plans are if, if, if many will vacate uh, their seat now and, and move to the COP. It's going to be really interesting to see. I will definitely be trying to move to the cop if I can. And yeah, we'll see. And like they said, let us, let us know what your plans are if and when that does happen. Nath. Aldershot this weekend then, we can't get too cocky. I think on last week's podcast I said we were going to you know, wipe the floor of Wheelstone and win 3-1 or so. I, I said 4-1 on Instagram. On Instagram, I was like, I'll, I'll go big, 4-1 win. And then in my head at the end, it was that uh, narrator comes on and says, uh, Nathan was wrong. Was yeah, it was, it was at this moment he knew he'd made a giant error and it was not so, 4-1. So Aldershot at home though, they have lost their last two games. They lost 6-1. To Aldershot in the last, oh, to Torquay. Sorry, if they lost six one to Aldershot, that would have been an achievement. They that feels like a very that, that feels like a very Aldershot thing to do, though. I don't know how yeah. that's possible, but it feels like something they would do. So six one, their last away game. They lost two one at home to Maidenhead as well. Before that, though, they had gone on a run of three wins. They beat York City. They beat beat Yeovil away from home, and they beat Dorking three 0 So they've had some really good results. They lost to Chelmsford, of course, in the FA Cup. They're a team who are like we said, out of form with two defeats on the bounce, but I always make the case that any team could beat us on their day. Surely, though. Wrexham at home, we've got a point Surely. to prove. Aldershot come, you know, with the odds stacked against them. Should be a free hit. We've got to win, though, and you've been getting the, the insight from the opposition end from Rob Worrell, haven't you, who's the BBC yes. Surrey commentator for Aldershot. Yeah, so I thought, you know, as we tend to do on these podcasts, I thought I actually pick the brains of somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to Aldershot. So I thought I would, yeah, I thought I would pick Rob's brain on on the mood around Aldershot this season, how it's been going. Do they believe they have any shot coming to Wrexham? Uh, and he, this is what he had to tell me. Rob, then talk, talk to us a bit about Aldershot because we don't really know, Wrexham fans, we've not been tracking it. What's the season been like so far? Well, it's been very mixed. Obviously, we have had a change of manager already. Uh, Mark Molesley proved last season that he could come in and keep the side up. But this year, his remit was to keep the side up and be a little bit more attacking and entertaining, a little bit more on the front foot. I think he tried. But he found himself woefully short of midfielders, particularly creative midfielders. Um, and ultimately, another poor run saw him uh, lose his job. Ironically, since then, with the temporary management team in charge, the players seemed a little bit um, set free, if you like, and went and won three games on the trot in the space of a week. And that nine points really lifted all the shot clear of trouble for the moment, at least. Um, but uh, two defeats in the last two games, particularly notable the 6-1 defeat mm. at Torquay away, you know, when they were bottom and hadn't won at home all season. It didn't surprise all the shot town fans because they will tell you there's a long line of teams ending horrific runs against Aldershot. Um, you know, as far as uh, as far as they're being equipped to play against Wrexham, um, it is a gross mismatch, to be fair. But, um, 
gross mismatches happen in this league quite regularly, don't they? And sooner or later, somebody's got to take a point or three off Wrexham at the race course. Well, hopefully not this weekend from our side of things. I mean, is there any kind of is there any kind of optimism for all the shop fans that they can go and maybe prostrate and 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 set up for the counter? I think there was an optimism that things were had turned the corner and were on the up, but obviously that's been tempered by those consecutive defeats away to Torquay and at home to Maidenhead. And I think if I'm really honest. Aldershot Town's best chance of getting anything against Wrexham on Saturday is to do it the Barnet or Dover way um, and ride their luck to go on the front foot. There's no doubt that their strength is more so in attack than defence. Um, they do have some power, some pace. When they get it right, they have the ability to score goals, i.e. the 3-0 win away at Dorking. And Aldershot and Wrexham have one thing in common. They're the only teams I think to stop talking uh, scoring uh, until the last week or so when I think they were scorers against Southend as well but in all honesty with the temporary management team that's in charge it's not so much Terry Brown the name that people have heard of but um, Ross McNeely and James Edmonds they are academy coaches that have stepped up and been a bit of a breath of fresh air around the club um, and I think during their tenure, which may end before Saturday or may end after Saturday, I think the onus has been to be on the front foot. Um, and of course, they're going to need to be very good out of possession against the strong Wrexham side. But I don't think they'll go there and park the bus. I mean, that, that could get quite messy for them, then, I'll be honest. It could. Uh, it, we'll see. We, we will see. But it, last season, it was really interesting that we were desperate to beat Aldershot after the whole, you know, the fiasco of the, 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 the waterlogged the pitch. The towels on the pitch. The towels on the pitch. Yeah, and, yeah. and Rob McElhenney was tweeting about that, especially the away game. I think we hit five. I don't know if it was five two or something like that. I can't fully remember the exact score. But, you know, we were desperate to win that one. But, it, it, you know, we've taken maximum points at home. I guess, really, from your side of things, who who are the kind of key players, who maybe the one or two that Wrexham will have to be aware of that, that could cause the damage? I think Tyler Cordner has been our best player this season. He'll probably start at centre-back. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a leader, he's big, he's strong, and he sets uh, a good example. He also is dangerous from set-pieces. He scored five goals this season already which for a centre-back before Christmas is very good. Um, Inia Fiong is a known threat. I think you'll have come up against him sure. before. Um, when he gets the bit between his teeth, he can have periods in games of being a little bit unplayable. Um, and perhaps a lesser well-known name, Tommy Willard, who's come through the youth setup. Um, he scored four goals in four games prior to the defeat at home to Maidenhead. Uh, so he's in pretty tidy form. I think there's four players on five goals, or maybe Effiong's on six now um, this season. What's, what's the kind of setup then that you'll be expecting Aldershot to go with? Have they changed system since Molesley's gone, or have they kind of stuck with the same? You know, because Wrexham have been very predictably a three-five-two ever since Phil Parkinson came in. Yeah, um, in four of the five games that the temporary management team to be in charge. They've played four at the back. They set up uh, with a 3-5-2 in the game against Maidenhead. It didn't really go too well, and they ended up adjusting two or four. So it's a toss of a coin, really, whether they try and match up uh, Wrexham um, or whether they go with um, something a little bit more like a a 4-3-3. Interestingly, as, as you'll well know, Nathan, Prior to last season, Aldershot's record against Wrexham has been pretty decent, Um, particularly, of course, at the EBB. I think, you know, the two clubs, two of the three clubs that have been in this league the longest now, obviously everybody knows Wrexham's been in it the longest and Aldershot are only a couple of seasons behind that. Um, The record's been very good at Aldershot and there has been the odd good result at the race course, but less so in recent years. Um, and last year, as, as we know, Aldershot did come with the out-of-possession tactic, the park the bus and hope for a moment 
on the front foot um, and they lost 4-0 and I think that's just one more reason why um, but let's, let's be honest if anybody's going to look at what is the blueprint to go and try and get a result against Wrexham the chances are you have a better idea if you take it to Wrexham as well because as strong as you are going forward you don't have the best defensive record um, and such is the emphasis on attack that there can be a few holes left at the back can't there? Yeah, I mean, it'd be really interesting just to see, just to see how you play out. Because obviously, every every home game, we're overwhelming favourites. I mean, in your position and commentating and watching a lot of Aldershot, you know, games over the years, are you confident that you'll stay up, or are you are you really in the mire of a, a relegation fight this year? Um, it's a tough one. You know that you could ask that question once a month from the start of the season and I'd definitely give you you know it would be a bit like a, a roller coaster really it would be yeah we'll be fine um, not sure oh no we're definitely going to go down we might go down um, and now I think it's we might well we might well be okay I think there's enough ability in the current squad that Aldershot Town have to stay up and stay up relatively comfortably and by relatively comfortably I'm talking about 15th, 16th, 17th yeah in the position you know in the table um, but would most Aldershot Town supporters shake your hand on 20th now yes they probably would right and I'm, I'm interested the last question from me then of the teams you've seen Aldershot play this season I'm, I'm just intrigued Who's who's been the best team you've seen Aldershot come up against so far yeah, really good question. Um, Solihull on the opening day of the season massively outplayed us. There's only probably been two and a half games out of the whatever we've played, 16, I don't know, 17 games, I can't think offhand. Um, there's only been about two and a half games where Aldershot Town have been totally outplayed. One of those half games was away at Notts County. But that has to be tempered with the fact that in the first half an hour, we absolutely ripped Notts County apart, but just forgot to put the ball in the net. You know, we hit the crossbar, we hit the post twice. Uh, very Aldershot-like, if you like. Not not uh, making teams pay when we are on top. But yeah, Notts County, Solihull. Um, we did okay at Chesterfield. We, we held them for, at bay for long periods and did succumb 1-0 there. Um, and obviously from just an Aldershot Town point of view and also from my involvement with the NL full-time podcast which has been covering the National Leagues for five years now we watch the league very, very closely and I'm looking forward to getting a look at Wrexham up close and personal they cert certainly seem to be a well-oiled machine at home this season um, but as I say, that, that, that kind of 100% win record at home has got to go at some point and uh, yeah I'd bite your hand off for a point right now I don't think Aldershot will get it but I think they'll be game I think they'll try and I think they will whether it's naive or not they will try and go on the front foot or certainly look to um, you know to, 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 to counter attack with power and pace whenever they can You know, Rich, undoubtedly, they are a little bit nervous about coming to the race course. You, you read it out before. Maximum points, lots of goals. Aldershot got thumped by Torquay, who, as we, you know, as we proved at the race course, we, we smacked them on a day where you know, the only downside really to that day was Jacob Mendy going off, and we hope he's back very, very soon. But, yeah, it, surely, that's all I can say about this. Surely, Aldershot at home, we, we win that game. And I tell you what, I really hope we see some minutes for Sam Dolby. Maybe not from the start, but you know he's looking better and better. I think that that game in in the FA Cup against Oldham did in the world of good. Getting that goal, playing alongside Mullin for an extended period, he he looked good when he came on at Wealdstone and and really made. I felt like he made an impact. So, you know, I'd love to see him if if we can get a couple of goals. I'd love to see him come on and 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 get another good run out because he is looking better and better by the game. Yeah, definitely, and I think again, it's another op opportunity to sort of flex that that squad depth. You know, it was questioned last weekend, but like you said, Tom O'Connor played well. 
McAlinden maybe didn't have a, a great game, but we've got players coming back from injury now as well. So hopefully, yeah, Rhysol be... Johnson, like he yeah. was one of the pluses. You know, him coming back on at at Wealdstone. I was hoping there'd be a bit of deja vu, and he might uh, he might pop up with another stoppage time winner. But you know, having him back can only be a good thing. I, I believe Bryce is only you know it was precautionary. It was nothing nothing too crazy his injury. So you know, soon we'll have. Uh, also, I felt a little bit bad, Rich. I don't think I mentioned this on last week's podcast, but you know, everybody made such a big song and dance about Rob Lainton being back in the squad. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see on Instagram on the club's post that Ollie Palmer commented and put the Harry Lennon was back too, guys, you know, and uh, poor Harry Lennon replied and put at least somebody noticed. So <laughs> I'm really sorry. I felt my heart sank for Harry Lennon there. So Harry Lennon is also back on the combat trail. And I tell you what, if he gets his opportunity and he can stay fit, that's another very good option at centre back. Amazing. I mean, lots of the, there's a consensus, there's a train of thought that you know last season he did show signs of being our best overall defender when fit, and he was a huge miss. Of course, that gave Max his chance. Max hasn't come back in in the last few games, but it is a ruthless industry. You need as much quality as you can have, and of course, across the course of a season, it would be fantastic if we can keep Harry Lennon fit and, and as an option as well from the bench so we shall wait and see what happens with that one. Nath looking ahead then another game that has sold out York away that should be an interesting one live on the TV as well on BT Sport that kickoff has been moved early to is it 12 half 12? 12 30 I think it's 12 30 is it? I uh, think. And every game in the National League that day has been because it could be World Cup uh, knockout stages later in that, that day which could involve either of the home nations so, an interesting development ahead of that game is that York have sacked manager John Askey ahead of a game. They Bizarre. are only six points off the playoffs, newly promoted side. It seems really weird, and Askey, along with Paul Hurst, seemed to be linked with Wrexham every single year, didn't he? But a really odd one. Of course, you could always twist that and say, well, they're only eight points above, above the drop. They are just bang mid-table, really. But... You know, a new manager bounce. I'm going to play devil's advocate again. It seems an odd dismissal, but, you know, that'll be an extra element heading into the game. I mean, their fans are furious. I think it's, um, what's the name of the BBC commentator? Guy Mowbray. I think he's, I think he sort of pays a membership to the York, uh, York City Supporters Trust. And I think they, is it they have 49% of the ownership of the club or something like that. Uh, but clearly supporters are absolutely furious with that. And yeah, it's interesting because John Askey, like you say, was linked linked with us for years every time the job came up and uh, he, he never came and I don't know for, for kind of international fans you know you see you tend to see a bit more solidity and a bit more time given to coaches and managers it's it's remarkable that you know would you say six points off the playoffs and they've yeah. they've dismissed him something's at play there something's gone on and you, you know you have to imagine that I don't know how many home games they've got between now and the time they play us, Two, I don't know. If... The, the new manager might not be in then, so well, they, you'd imagine that... at home yeah. this weekend. You'd right. imagine a new manager maybe wouldn't be in place for that one. No, so okay. the game against us could be the first game, the first home game for a new manager, which you know will add that that extra element. Yeah, so I mean you saw last, they've not won in their last five league games, and they were also knocked out of the cup by Shrewsbury. But Rich, you were there at Oldham when David Unsworth um, had his first game in charge of Oldham and. You know, Oldham at our place a couple of weeks later looked absolutely dreadful. But in that game you watched, I mean, that supposedly that was some of the best football they've played in, in, in a long time. So one to be aware of, you know, on the road, it'll be interesting. I think if there is a new manager in place for them, which you'd imagine there would be by the time we got to York, they will be ready to go up and at them. It'll be a big crowd on TV. It's uh, That's a poten potential banana skin for sure. I wonder if... Uh... Gary Mills will rock up back at York City. Now, that God, do you imagine, I saw somebody say Dean Keats might get the job at York. Could you imagine that? If it was that Dean Keats. Be, that would be spicy, wouldn't it? I'm not sure that would be spicy. that one. But, uh, that would be incredibly course, spicy. We will be uh, giving you a, a dedicated look ahead to that game once we get, we'll get closer to it. But yeah, for this weekend, I suppose we say, come on, let's beat Aldershot. And yeah, let's enjoy the World Cup as well. That will be underway by the time we reconvene next week, won't it, Nath? Uh, yeah. Wales, do you think we're going to go far? I, I'm i going to say that, and this is controversial because a lot of people are tipping Wales to go out in the group. I'm going to say Wales will win the group, actually. And I'm going to say my group is going to be Wales, England, USA, Iran. 
And so that's my prediction for the groups. And I'm going to go this weekend. I'm going to go Wrexham 5, Aldershot 1. That's my prediction I'm, for the weekend. I'm going to go for the Rob McElhenney route. And we will tweet this picture as well um, before this podcast is out. So look at Rob Brown Red to see this for yourself. When asked about uh, the World Cup, Rob told S4C at the, at the awards last week, I feel like a draw between Wales and the US would work out really well. Then we both beat the hell out of England. We both beat <laughs> Iran and we move out of the stage. As simple Lovely as that. Stuff. Yeah, Wales and USA, this new love affair perhaps. Let's keep it going. Let's keep that, that, that on the move. But thank you very much, wherever you are, whether it is Wales, whether it's USA, maybe even if you're in England or Iran, we're the Worldwide Reds. Wherever you are tuning in, thank you very much for joining us on Rob Brown Red. The Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. The music, the stings that Nath puts in in post-production brought to you by Wrexham-based band Hypnotic as well. Um, only a few tickets left, aren't there, for Gaztonbury? Yeah, uh, handful. on our socials to that. Not many left. That takes place after the Farnborough game. So if you want to enjoy some live music, a couple of Wrexham lagers as well, then you can Get onto our socials for all the details on that one. Yeah, thank you very much, wherever you are. Come on, Wrexham. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.